0: Welcome to the family with Mike Bryant and Andy Brand bernard Alex will be in too. Catherine and Tevin will not be on today, but we are here. We're just mourning the death of Congressman Ron Wright. He died after a fight with COVID. He had cancer, got COVID, and that is not a good combo. Nope. No question. Uh, and also, going into the into the show, Jamaica... Is having a cultural embarrassment week. You know why they're culturally embarrassed? Jamaica, why would they be culturally embarrassed? Uh, oh, I, I heard. They're running low on marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: because a hurricane wow. or something wiped it all out. <laughs> right. Yep. Right.
0: We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Live or recorded? When well, you live or recorded. Ah they can do recorded. Can right. do.
2: Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one.
0: All right, be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was <laughs> born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walser.com. dot <laughs> We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of stuff going on, of course. Uh, We're going to talk a little Super Bowl with Michael Bryant, because his best buddy, Tom Brady, won it. (laughs) And the Gronk. And the Gronk. Let's not forget about him. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the the game yesterday, but... um, yeah, not getting great reviews. Look, I just like look the story of seven rings. By the time you're 43, nobody's ever even come close to that. He's got think. more rings than franchise, than any franchise. Than any franchise That's yes. incredible and when you think amazing. about it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And he's got like seven more than the Vikings. Oh, Thank you very true. much. Great to be here. Yeah, that is true. Unbelievable Vikings. I just can't, I still can't believe in 61, 60 years now, they have not won a Although Super Bowl. M- Mrs.
3: Thielen was predicting a Super Bowl run next year. Who's Mrs. Thielen? Uh, the, uh, the wide receiver's wife. Oh, is he married? Um, I didn't even know he was married. Yeah, Adam Thielen's wife. Yeah, he, she tweets a decent amount. And so oh, she does? She showed a picture of them at home and uh, that she expected
0: to be at the Super Bowl next year. So... Oh, really? Who's going to be in it this year you know? <laughs> Because ain't going to be the Vikings, with that quarterback can promise you that.
3: Yeah, well, they might trade him. There's talk about yeah, there there, is, yeah. talk about him being part of this uh, this swapping quarterbacks deal that's going around. And he, they, he's really liked by the 49ers coach.
0: Yeah, he is. I know that. The mm-hmm. 49ers coach likes him a lot, and so we'd end up with uh, Garoppolo, who's always hurt. Yep. Does Minneapolis
3: have enough porn stars to keep Garoppolo busy?
0: Oh, probably. <laughs> they probably all do now. It doesn't make any difference, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. I, I just um, – it's just amazing. I would, it made me think of it again last night. The Vikings have never won a Super Bowl in 60 years now. 1961 was their first season, so 60 years starting this fall.
3: Yeah.
0: You got the Twins, have not won a playoff game in 14 years. And you got the Timberwolves and the Wild, who've never won anything. Yeah. It's, I mean, what a horrible sports market.
3: It is amazing. Oh, they got the Lynx. You got the, all those championships. Oh, yeah. And forgot you got that, a great yeah. women's volleyball team they go first. So. Yes, yeah, so the
0: volleyball team's good. In and the words, hockey
3: team's been good for both the men and the women. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Although they mm-hmm. lost a couple of road games now, which is unfortunate, yeah. but. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, you just keep moving forward, but yeah, it's just the University of Minnesota uh, football team has not won a national championship in sixty-one yeah. years
3: now. Which you talked about, you know, the way they broke the color barrier, they should have, they yeah, should have done I better, agree. but for whatever reason, that team has always fallen short. Always, yeah.
0: This is the first division 1 team to allow black players to play mm-hmm. and they got nothing out of it other than that one championship. Yep. Why they didn't handle that better and and look a lot of a lot of Southern blacks are not going to come to Minnesota. That's just not going to happen. We don't have enough discos. <laughs> that's right. Darren Nelson. Darren Nelson. Well, you don't have any discos. Oh, is that right, Darren? Yeah, but well, we also don't have a good running back. So, uh, you know. No, well, we've had good running backs, though. Not when he was here. Well, that's, that's true. But but we've had uh, – the
3: Gophers have put out some great running backs. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at it, right. guys have gone and had good pro careers or, or were very talented, you know, so – who did they pass on
0: again to take Darren Nelson? I can't even remember. Oh,
3: uh, didn't they t- pass on, was oh. it Marcus Allen?
0: Marcus Allen. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. Passed on Marcus Allen to take Darren Nelson. Yeah. Oh, well. well, we passed on lots of people. We passed on Winfield. Yeah. He had the big interception last yeah. night. We passed. We passed on I on mean, too. the
3: Vikings have passed on a number of people over time.
0: Like good quarterbacks, you mean? Uh, like good quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Maybe some people know good quarterbacks, like, say, the run that San Francisco had with uh, Joe Montana Montana and and Steve Young.
3: Mm -hmm. It's
0: a pretty good run right there. And Brady was available for a number of rounds. No, he was. (laughs) No, he was. It's just unbelievable. It just amazes me. Did I hear Alex breathing?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was your breathing.
0: I could tell it was you. I could tell it was you. So did you watch the game yesterday, Alex? You got home in time
1: um i think like four minutes of it
3: four Four minutes minutes. what
1: four minutes did you watch the first quarter (laughs) so before it's like i watched a little bit of when the um Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i'm trying to think of what happened did
3: you see a Gronk touchdown?
1: I saw Gronk. I was gonna, just going to say I saw there a you Gronk go. touchdown. That's all yes. you
3: needed to see. Oh, Perfect. God, he, here we go. They had never scored a touchdown in the first quarter as a Patriot Super Bowl. Right. That's what. So that heard. was that yep. was the big deal. Was boom Gronk with the touchdown
0: right in the for, first quarter. So uh, the ads, I guess, were were pretty much a flop. Uh, the there were a couple good ads. A there couple. Was, of them. They said yeah. The
3: Norway one was good. Oh, Did, was it? The, oh um, yeah. The one was Shaggy uh, with the, it wasn't shaggy. me. That was great. Um, I'm trying to think what else for it. Ad- oh, the T-Mobile ads were good. What were they? And um, there seems like there was at least one or two more that were, there were a couple ads that were, that were very good. I heard halftime was dreadful. Yeah, You know, it depends on what you think about Weekend. You know, I you don't, don't even know who that is. You don't. Well, it's really sad. The kids all do. All oh, oh, the kids are digging the it. The Kids <laughs> are digging it. They're digging weekend. That's all you need to know. He they did this weird dizzy thing that was very odd.
0: And he had a jock strap on his head. Why? No, I,
3: did he or the, a bunch of the band did? Oh, the band yeah. did. Okay, the
0: band. a jock yeah. strap. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Andy Reid wears that big jock strap on his <laughs> he knows face. That, that's it's like true. a feedback. <laughs> like my God, what are you doing? Hopefully. Ah, but what the hell? It, it all works out in the end. But yeah, I just heard that the entertainment was dreadful, um, except yeah. for that woman. Her, I thought she was really good. Her did a great. She did a very good job oh, with man, the, the guitar could, solo.
3: Yeah,
0: oh. she could sing and play the guitar, and she's a rather attractive young woman too. And Wawa was was doing weird. the doing the uh, the the uh, sign language. Oh no! So now <laughs> a guy can't say that a woman's attractive. It's that's again that's getting weird. I
1: don't. No one needs to know. How you feel about her looks?
0: It's just not, nothing, it's Jesus, just not an important
1: God. part of anything.
0: How about if I do this? She's a very attractive woman. I mean she's no Catherine Brandt, but she's okay. How about if I do it that way?
1: No, it just we just don't even need to talk about the way she looks.
0: Why can't you compliment someone for
1: their good looks?
0: What's that why is that a problem?
1: Because it's like Appearance isn't something that a lot of people can help, you know? Like, oh, that guy's nose is crazy. Like, he can't help it. That's the way his face is. And some people are born on that guy. with good faces. And, like, it's just, I don't know.
0: Some people are born with good faces. I like that. Yeah. That works for me. It's true. They've got the good face.
1: But I don't know. It's just... I don't know people just always feel like they need to comment on everyone's looks and it's like just
0: no that's not what I did at all you I'm going all to now time. that you brought it up though you do
1: it all Why the time
0: no? you have to understand something that that as I get older pretty much all women look very very pretty to me isn't that a good thing I find a w- women to be attracted it's not creepy <laughs> at
1: all <laughs> <laughs> every woman is, is attractive to me like that sounds a little creepy <laughs>
0: I said pretty. <laughs> Jesus. Never mind. Let's get off that subject before you drive me crazy again. Want to give somebody a compliment? You can't even do that.
1: She seems nice. There we go. We moved on. Who does? Just whoever nice. you were talking about. She seems nice. And let's talk about her. Something no, yeah, else.
0: She, okay. So. Her.
3: And what does her. her stand for? Yeah. What does her yeah, stand? for? Because it's all with periods after. It is. So I've, never,
1: I've never. I've so. never heard of her before.
2: Uh, apparently, it's know, she played
1: the guitar
3: like
2: everything Prince? revealed. Having everything revealed Whatever the huh? hell that means Oh well
1: Maybe she wants people to comment on the way she looks If everything's revealed See
0: mm-hmm. I told you All I was doing was following the following the orders Yep That's all I'm telling you You know what I'm saying Yeah <laughs> Well you're not answering <laughs> Silence Yeah, yeah just si- I got silence Scott, isn't the world weird now? Because Morgan Wallen, you know, that country singer that dropped the big N a couple oh, of times, yeah. so they kicked him off the Which, label. Why and, would you know. do that? Why, I don't have why a do clue. Why do you use that word with any regularity I
2: that, ugh, I don't get Apparently it. Apparently he was know. drunk because he's a country singer and they're all drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. Oh, well, <laughs> and then. they're all drunk. That's shocking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: But, you know, the amazing thing is the label dropped them, all the concert halls canceled them, all the rest of it. His sales have skyrocketed yep. after the racial slur. Yeah,
1: there's what? a certain
0: group that yeah, does
2: well, yeah, country like that.
1: yeah, country fans are going to be the biggest market for racial slurs. Well,
2: I think it's more like but, no one heard of this guy until the news decided to plaster his face all over the Internet for a month.
1: Well, I like I, I never didn't heard I'd
2: heard of them. I didn't
1: have. see very many ads since I only watched four minutes of the Super Bowl, so we only watched one section mm-hmm. of ads, and there was one ad for 3D Doritos. Those are back. They're back. Oh. They're like oh, right. now yeah. in 3D, and I'm like, they had those when I was a kid. They did. I liked them. Yeah. I liked them better than Which, regular Doritos. Me too. Um, anyway, it was Matthew McConaughey was like flat, mm-hmm. and there was a Queen song playing in the background, and I went to search something. <laughs> In my phone for oh no for a certain Raffi song that, song that um Sage wanted to hear and the first thing that came up was Queen and it was like a couple minutes after this Queen song had played mm, on the that's Super Bowl ad scary. it's like it's crazy how quickly these things you know it's like oh five minutes after this person was on the news it's like yeah
2: oh god yeah i'm sure i would guarantee you that 90 percent of morgan wallen's publicity came from them trying to cancel him ironically yeah yeah
3: yeah probably true it's it's probably all the same or it's probably a group of people that are buying his albums that are also now boycotting jeep
2: so. Oh, are they? They <laughs> had They are. Yeah, no. had,
3: a, had, a Unite, had a Unite United States uh, commercial last night with Bruce Springsteen, and a number of people were very outraged by Why? the Why? Oh, uh,
0: you know.
2: It was well, a I no. them for
0: being associated with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I like Bruce. There you go. So. We got to take a break. We'll come back in just a couple of seconds. Got a special guest up next, mm-hmm. but I want to read you something before we go. I... Uh, Explain this to me because it makes no sense. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Okay, Increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2025 would cut employment by 1.4 million and reduce the number of Americans below the poverty line by 900,000. If 1.4 million people are going to lose their jobs, why would the poverty line be reduced by 900,000? It would increase. doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
2: That makes no sense, does it? Maybe they meant decrease or maybe they meant unemployment it's a yeah. it's a journalist they're they they do bad jobs these days. You never know what they're it's, trying they
0: to say. Fifth, I'm showing them the big letters to Michael $15 minimum I, I, wage would cut employment and reduce believe poverty.
3: If you go to the story it says unemployment. I'm I guessing. believe that. Yeah. But it
0: says re- employment so far.
3: Well the ad or the, uh, the title or the headline
0: the headline it says it would it would reduce the number of Americans below the poverty line by nine hundred thousand. Okay. By cutting employment by one point four million. That makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We're gonna have to get back to it. We've got to take a break, we'll be right back, special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a
3: young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need.
0: Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You
3: need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients
1: when they need us most.
0: Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. The 2021 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Over 25,000 square feet means the biggest inventory, the best dealer incentives, and limited time factory rebates. Since there's a pretty good chance you'll be spending 2021 distancing, do it on the family boat you want. Register to win a new Suzuki Outboard, valued at $5,000. Suzuki, the ultimate outboard. Shop boats, safe distance, and see what's new for 2021 in a heated 25,000-square-foot showroom at Dan Southside Marine in Bloomington. The biggest inventory means you get the boat you want, rigged the way you wanted it, with every rebate and incentive available. Ask about the new AlumaCraft competitor FSX, the best new fish ski crossover on the market. It's the 2021 Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine, located six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Same thing. <laughs> Hit the deal, We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. Michael Bryant in studio. Andy and Alex in the other studio. Is our guest ready to go? Yep. Gatsby Randolph, how are you?
4: Hey, how's it going, brother?
0: Good morning. We're hanging in there. There's no question about it. Gatsby Randolph from a struggling party promoter in Memphis to the It Man of the Hollywood Hills and Red Carpet. The hilarious film chronicles the meteoric rise of Gatsby Randolph. The It Man of the Hollywood Hills and Red Carpet Circuit. The film features appearances by Jay-Z, Beyoncé, Diddy, Reese Witherspoon, Kate Beckinsale, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Cedric the Entertainer, Vince Vaughn, Steve Harvey, Scottie Pippen, Jimmy Kimmel, and many, many more. Gatsby, I guess I didn't get the call to be in the movie, huh? Is that the plan? Well, here's the thing. You may be in it and don't even know
4: you're
0: in it. I may be in it, but I don't even know I'm in it. Yeah,
4: that's the thing with this movie, man, is... So, it's an evolving thing, you know, that sort of, it's a living, breathing thing that doesn't seem like it doesn't stop. So, I'm sure if you're not in part one, this would be a part of part two.
0: So, Gatsby, where did you, where where, where were you born and where did you grow up?
4: I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Grew up in Memphis, Oh, you majority did of okay. life, Majority of my life in Memphis, Tennessee, and, you know, as an adolescent. And, uh, you know, these a kid to big imagination in uh, Middle America.
0: Indeed. So you ended up uh in Los Angeles correct. How, how how many years ago was that? You went to Los Angeles?
4: Oh man, it's been seven years now. So Seven years? Well just to give you some context, even though it's been seven years, I was trying to get out here for a long time. So, you mm-hmm. know, in, in Tennessee, you know, I was a party promoter and a DJ and I, I didn't wanted to have an implant on culture from a national standpoint. Like most of us do, right? Just big fish and small town. You just want to know mm-hmm. that you play on the largest, biggest stage, the world's biggest stage. And um, my senior in high school, I was having a conversation with my parents about not wanting to go to college and pursue entertainment. They practiced medicine, so they thought that was insane. And um, I told them, I said, hey, well, you guys are probably going to want to cut me off if I don't go to college, and that's okay. But I need to go to Los Angeles um, for a weekend um, before I graduated high school to, to sort of figure it out, and so instead mm-hmm. of going on my senior trip, I literally got on a plane to go to LA by myself. And once I got here, I realized there was an award show going on, and mingled so my way to the uh, to the award show, and that whole weekend sort of changed my life because once I got onto the red carpet, literally everyone thought I was a, a child actor or a teen actor. And when I got back to class on Monday. I had all these agents and celebrities calling my phone, like, "Hey, uh, you want to go to the Ivy for lunch?" <laughs> and talk about what we talked about the weekend, and I was back yeah. to the in English class in Tennessee, and so that sort of changed. That sort of like, you know, fueled me wanting to come to LA, and then, you know, finally, two years after that moment, I made it back to LA, and I was, uh, so I've been here for seven years now.
0: That is terrific. So, how did how did this whole who is G- 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 Gatsby Randolph? Yeah. How did it how did it come about?
4: Well, so basically, what happened was I didn't know I was going to make a movie at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I was going to be—I was, like I said—I was a, a DJ in Tennessee as a DJ, party promoter. Even opened up a nightclub when I was really young. I opened up a nightclub at age two that uh, was, was pretty big and, and first at its time. It was like an ultra lounge, cabanas, and aerialists coming from the ceiling. It was—it was sort of nice. It was nice, um, but still, I wanted more, and so I started. Uh, managing talent and oh, I thought okay. man- I started managing talent I thought that you know me getting someone a record deal would be the official validation of oh I can I can go to Hollywood now because you know unlike most industries when there's not a blueprint of of, of how to do it and there's no real validation in Hollywood if like, so I want to be a doctor right you can just go to medical school, and eventually someone's going to give you a certificate that says, hey, you're now a doctor. But when you want to mm-hmm. do something and entertainment, when are you officially legit versus one of these, you know what I'm saying? so I was chasing the validation of being officially legit uh, entertainment figure. And so I thought, to do, to do that at the highest level, I need to command someone to get someone arrested. So that puts me on this rabbit hole of, of, of going down that path, and I stopped managing someone and I got a call one day from uh, Universal Republic that they wanted to sign, you know, my artist. So after 10 years of hard working, you know, a big station, a small town scenario, Hollywood finally called, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna get a million dollar check because that's what we discussed. So under, under you know, that understanding, I fly to LA, I come to LA, you know, um, sure. at nine o'clock in the morning, the first meeting at Universal went what well, goes great, and then we have a second meeting that evening, and in the second meeting this executive walks in who's not aware of sort of what's going on and he ruins the deal. And I literally see what I think is going to be a million dollar uh, contract get bought up and thrown away in the trash.
2: Ooh, am I
4: have nowhere to go. i am in L.A. now. And so, um, but what I had what I started to do was just record my journey the whole time. So you know, the last 10 years I was recording my journey because my, my thing was this. Either I'll become the next P. Diddy or J. D and become a, a music mogul, or if none of this works, I'll just record everything, turn it into a movie, and fill my life right. <laughs> I am got this journey. Sure. And so it looks like we're on the ladder right now. So what happened was, mm-hmm. so when I lose the deal, okay, um, I'm, I'm in L.A., and um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So the next morning, I had a cousin who lives in South Central. Now, keep in mind, I'm thinking I'm getting a million-dollar check at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock at night. I'm homeless. I where to go. So I call my cousin who lives out here. And we weren't that close, but he, he did live out here. He lives in South Central. And so I go to the hood, and I'm on, uh, you know, a cot, like, in a studio apartment, and I can't sleep. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, this is never going to happen to me again. First thing I need to do is I need to reinvent myself and turn into a a character. And then I turned into Gatsby Randolph. I was like, I need to be a young black aristocrat. I need to know everyone in town. And um, so I literally do that and I still record record myself. And I remember the first thing I did was like, yo, when people meet you in L.A., they... um, They need to know you have people, you know, who the buffer, like everyone important. And I'm just taking things that I've seen on TV. So I was like, yo, I don't have a manager or a PR company, but what if I create an agency? So I create a fictitious Jewish PR company called the Cohen Company. (laughs) Gatsby, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, so I create this company called the Cohen Company. (laughs) This this is my second day in L.A. My second day in L.A. I (laughs) I create the Cohen Company. If you look on the website... It represents all these, you know, famous people, and, you know, Jamie Cohn is the one who runs it, but um, then I created, like, the avatars so with employees, so I had, like, people like Stephanie Schwartz, she works for the company, <laughs> right, but I'm controlling it all, so I did that, and when I had that done, I was like, okay, now I need a reason for people to want to call me back, like, why would anyone want to call me back if we had a yeah. conversation, yeah. what's the relevancy, so since I came from Nightlife, I was like, yo, I need to throw a party in 30 days. So when I talk to someone, I can have a follow-up by inviting them to the party. So I make up this other website called the Secret Dinner Society, sponsored by Moody Hennessy. I never talked to Moody Hennessy; it just sounded right. Hennessy,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. It's
4: uh, uh, the, the Secret Society dinner party, right? So I do that. And then it may be like, mind you, this is my second day in L.A. Maybe it's like 2 o'clock. And so when I finish that, Eventually, I just got hungry, and I was like, "I can either, you know, go to Wendy's to the ninety-nine cent menu, or I can just drive around Bel Air and Beverly Hills and see if anyone's setting up a red carpet. Because in L.A., there's a charity event every day before COVID, right. and then it, and then at the charity event, they're going to have prime ribs. they're going to have, you know, a bone-in fillet, they're going to have caviar for free. <laughs> so I literally just hopped in my car and drove around, and I saw someone setting up a production tent. And when I saw the production tent, mind you, I come from nightlife, so I know what that means. Oh, and in Venice, is about to take place, I like mm-hmm. Superman. I went to the gas station. I put on the tuxedo that I had in the back of my trunk. And then I went onto the red carpet. And now, as I'm walking onto the red carpet, there's police everywhere. There's police everywhere as I'm walking onto the red carpet. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I hear this older gentleman like say, Hello, son, can you help me? And, he, and he, I felt his, his arm on my shoulder. I turn around, <laughs> and it's Sidney Poitier. So wow. yeah, Sydney so Poitier is like, hey, can you help me? Uh, I, I, I need to get in. So I help him. I escort him in past the cops. No one says anything to me. So <laughs> now that we passed the cops and we're going into uh, the gala, uh, he's like, where are you? Where are you sitting at? I'm like, oh, I'm sitting on the other side. He's like, oh, well, just come over to my table. I want to introduce you to my friend. So I'll walk over wow. to his table. And his two friends who he introduced me to is Oprah Winfrey and Gail King. So now <laughs> there's another thing. So I just sit down. From that moment there, I invited everyone that night to the event I was doing in 30 Days. But every day leading up to 30 Days, I literally would just go to these events for something to eat. And I started to become very, very popular as Gatsby Randolph, this alias. So, mind you, I'm recording all of it. I'm recording this, and then this roller coaster ride of events start to take place, and which leads me all the way to um, the end of the film, which is I'm at the NDPR's Oscar party making the Oscar accepting speech for an Oscar that I had never won. But everyone assumed that I had won this Oscar. And when I woke up in the morning, I literally looked at all my social media and I was like, yo. What if I just make a movie about my experiences that shot in real time? So, mind you, the, the first two years I was out here, from being homeless to Oscar night, I didn't know I was making a film, but I was just recording stuff, putting you know, it on social media. Right, now, right. Now, the next five years, once I looked at all my social media and I looked at all the pictures and I had the story I wanted to tell, I went back and relived the first two years of my life for the next five years, recording it Shit. in real time. So mean, like the scene where me and Jay-Z in the film, it's a scene where something happened in real life before me not knowing I was going to make a movie and then after I wrote the script, I had to go find Jay-Z again in real time with this time with the camera crew and record everything. So that's how we did the whole entire film was like shooting it in real time, not knowing when these moments were going to happen. So I pretty much been on set for like the last five years. So
3: did it come out earlier and now it's coming out again or is it when when was this released no the, the film released is February 23rd oh it's coming okay
4: yes yes the film released is February 23rd it just so happens we're getting a lot of hype right now because okay. we're oxygen so you know the, the catalyst has qualified us for oxygen people think you know, we get a lot of a lot of feedback, but like we have a good chance of winning. You know, I think our chance of winning is good. So now, people are really, really, really tuning into the story, uh, the general public, Hollywood would have sort of known about it for a while. It was a lot of rumors, if mm-hmm. it's ever going to come out or not. <laughs> but uh, now we're
0: here. Gatsby, do you have another segment in? You can, can can we take a two minute break? And could you come back? Do you have ten, fifteen more minutes? Yeah,
4: yeah, I'm here.
0: I'm here. Okay, I have, a, I have to ask you a question. How did you come up with the name Gatsby Randolph? How would you come up with yeah. that name?
4: Um, You know, when people ask me that, they usually think I'm just talking about Fitzgerald's character. But
2: right, even though right, we
4: have a lot of similarities, do, yeah. it's not exactly where I came up with it from. Like, the character itself is a fragment of my imagination based on mm-hmm. ideals that I saw as a kid about Hollywood. And like, <laughs> so what it's like to get Hollywood. So, uh, take... Um, whether it's my grandfather listening to Nat King Cole in his white dinner jacket, or whether, yeah. it, you know, me seeing Sinatra, he you know, performs, like archive footage of Sinatra performing at Madison Square Garden, meets, you know, the the unfiltered humor of Eddie Murphy uh, in, in Raw, meets, um, you know, the, the, the charm of uh, Will Smith in Six Degrees of Separation. So all of these just ideals. Of what I thought the personification of someone in Hollywood would be is Gatsby Randolph. So that was sort of where I came up with the the mold and the feel for the character. And then the actual name, I was just like, yo, what is the name that is just, you know, reminds you of an aristocrat? It's a guy who's just a modern day Renaissance name. And I was like, my, last, my last name already sounds Waspy. So I was like, what if it's Gatsby Randolph? And it
0: just sucked. Waspy?
4: This is Waspy. Randolph was a Waspy. You know what okay? like, i Like, you're unbelievable. Waspy.
0: Now, as we go to break, I got to tell you one thing, Gatsby. You gave me the right answer because you probably know this. But the man who wrote the Great Gatsby, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and this is—I'm not making this up—but someday somebody's going to ask you about this. So now you you can thank me, Tommy, for straightening it out because nobody dropped the big N more in their books than F. Scott Fitzgerald. So be ready for that question, all right?
4: Yeah, I will. That's, That's true.
0: Did you know Did you know that?
4: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, okay, well, now you're ready. It's like, nope, it had nothing to do with F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's just a good name. Not, not a problem. We took care of you on that one, Gatsby. I love it. Hold on one second. We'll be back in two minutes more. You got, you got 10 more, right? 10, 15 more? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Perfect. A great talking to you, Gatsby. Gatsby Randolph, be right back in two minutes. Whatever it takes.
4: Never seen you looking
0: so bad, my funky one. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The movie Who is Gatsby Randolph is a documentary slated for release in February. Uh, Gatsby, you said that was it the 20th, 20th of February? Is that when you said it February, comes out?
4: 23rd. Yeah, February 23rd. 23rd, okay.
0: February 23rd, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of weeks from tomorrow. Uh, it's going to yeah, come out with a considerable amount of awards buzz preceding the highly anticipated release. The film chronicles the meteoric rise of Gatsby Randolph from a struggling party promoter in Memphis to the it man of Hollywood. Uh, Gatsby, let me ask you a question. This is kind of a personal question. You're a very smart guy, and it's you know you talked about your father uh, getting all all dude it up and and you know listening to great music and all that. Where, where did you get your your ideas? Your, does your brain work the way it does because of your mother and father, because of your parents? Where would you get your intelligence from?
4: Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think that uh, for my parents and my grandfather, was very, very similar uh, to my personality. Okay. And, uh, yeah, my grandfather was like, he was like Nat King Cole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he was a the uh, uh, town, you know, loved great music, always had great dinner parties. So I was just influenced at a young age of just sort of seeing, um, just just seeing people of class. You know what I mean? People of class and people of talent. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just had a big imagination. I, I, I honestly feel yeah. that you know my greatest weapon is my uh, my my blind ignorance. <laughs> you know what I am Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's for real. Yeah. It's like, it's like I'm I'm confidently I'm I'm confident because I'm ignorant. You know what I mean? So a lot of things, uh, ignorance is the danger I love that. You know what I mean? So. I, I don't mind doing it because I don't know how it could hurt you or, you know, the fear of rejection. So that helped me very, very early on. You know, as we get older, we get more, you know, subconscious of things. But
3: early on, I didn't feel it. Even with that big imagination, did you ever have any imagination like what happened with uh, going to that party and meeting Sydney?
4: Um, you know, I, I think that all our 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 experiences shape our beliefs and our beliefs shape our actions, right? So I probably thought would have thought that was unrealistic had I not gone mm-hmm. out here when I was in high school. Because mind you, that, that moment changed my life because yeah. I realized, like, when you're growing up, the funny thing about L.A. is, if you're not from L.A. and you're growing up in Middle America and you're watching TV and films your whole life, well, when you come to L.A., you're now in the movie. And I'm not talking about it in the sense of, like, you're on set in a film. I'm saying, no, the world of L.A., the geographical location, it's like your imagination
1: and your reality
4: collide because you see every location and every person who are in the movies you love and then you're in the movies. So, you know, had I not come to L.A. when I was in high school and had that crazy experience, then I would have thought right. all of this was unrealistic. But... Mind you, as soon as I got off the plane, it was a 48 hours of a whirlwind of events that everyone thought I was saying. <laughs> Whatever the reason, because I was young and I had on a Brioni suit and I was on the red carpet, everyone thought that I was in a TV show and I was in high school. So when I came back to high school for the next 10 years, because there's no social media at this time, no one knows about this experience I've had. But I know about the experience. And I'm like, I have to get back to L.A. I have to get back to L.A. Because if I can get there, you know uh, I think I'll find success. So, um, did I know I was my second day bump into forty eight No. Did I know, like, oh. you know, the event of this movie that you're going to see that happened? No. And is it extremely unrealistic? I would, I would say it's realistic because it's happened, but it's extremely rare. It's an extremely rare experience. so, you know, nothing surprises me at this point. Sure.
0: That's a wonderful thing, I think, and nothing should surprise. Ballpark Gatsby, how old are you?
4: I'm in my early
0: thirties. You're in your early thirties, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's, a, I'm that's, a, that's a, that, see, that's a good thing because you're you're young enough to still be able to hit it big, but you're old enough to be wise and not be taken advantage of out there in L.A. Because there are a lot of weird people out there, Gatsby. There's no it's doubt about that.
4: About it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell me about it. You know. Yeah, there you it, go. <laughs> It's funny, I always like to say this. It's, um, when I first came out here, every day something, in L.A., L.A. is one of those place few places on Earth where your actions today can affect your reality and the world's reality tomorrow. I Meaning, hmm. you can go somewhere in L.A. today and do something that makes the world news tomorrow, and then it can affect the world tomorrow, right? And so, mm-hmm. um... My actions, like in my first 30 days, I was telling my, my best friend, Sean, who's my co-star of film, I was like, yo, I think when I came to L.A., God did a deal with me that said, any wild, unrealistic thing that you want to do that seems challenging, I'm going to make that the easiest thing possible. I don't care if it's like, hey, you need to go to Lionel Richie's house tonight for a meeting, and you guys are going to want to write in song. I'm going to make that happen for really no money and little effort, as long as you just attempt to do it. Now, anything basic and ordinary that you want to do, if you try to do that, it's going to be the worst experience ever. And this is what I mean by that. Yeah. yeah. Going to Vanity Fair Oscar Party, going to the Grammys and sitting on the front row, never had a ticket, never had a problem. Every connection made, meeting Jeff Bezos, developing a relationship with him, never had a, a problem doing that. But if I wanted to just meet a girl at a bar, I oh, this is use a regular grill at a bar, you know, uh, let's go out for dinner. It would be the worst day ever. Like, my car would get towed, my credit card wasn't Like, <laughs> it was so bad. So I just stopped doing regular right. stuff. I was like, no. I was like, I think someone to tell me, like, I sent you there for a reason to, to chase your dreams. So only do that. <laughs> so that's how it was. You know, so that's always a, a, a funny story I to tell about, you know, the reality of sort of how I felt when I first got started.
0: You know, Gatsby, it's pretty incredible because a lot of people would not have the nerve, the confidence, and the ability to do what you've done. A lot of people be scared to death. And they wouldn't be able to pull it off. But you pulled it off.
1: Yep.
4: Well, and i try to say, and I try to, I think it's, it's one of those things that's much past the superficial glitz and glam of what you see in a film. What I want people mm-hmm. to take away from it is understanding that your thoughts are real and your thoughts become reality, right? And the, in life, especially in Hollywood, but in life, we're hit with this dilemma a lot of the time. A lot of the time, we're hit with, you come to Hollywood, you want to be whatever you want to be. There's the right to pass it to it, whether it be a makeup artist or Jennifer Lopez. And all the opportunities, so you come here and all the opportunities are in a certain room, whether that be an award show, a party, or whatever. Now, if you're a nobody like myself, they won't let you in. And everyone in the room is a somebody. But in order to become a somebody, the opportunities are in the room with the somebody. So how does a nobody become a somebody if you can't even get in the room? And I think right. that's mm, that, no. that the dilemma we face in Hollywood and a lot of times in life. So what has to happen is before they validate you to be in the room, you have to already know you belong in the room. And I think it was yep. that, that attitude that you know, made this thing possible.
0: No, I think it's probably right. Um, you're being treated, again, i look at the, the list of names, the people you've run into, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Diddy, Reese Witherspoon, Kate Beckinsale, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Cedric the Entertainer, Vince Vaughn, Steve Harvey, Scottie Pippen, Jimmy Kimmel. Does everybody treat you well? Are some people kind of standoffish? Some people kind of go, what's this all about? No, it, it,
4: no, it, it's all up because you've got to keep in mind, you know, no one knew I was making a movie when I was making
0: Oh, okay. But,
4: All right. So so, so everyone was just, they're in it. And that's why I think that, you know, the film will do well. And I think the people who you just named are going to be the main people who promote the film. Because they mm-hmm. live, they lived that. Most of these people are still an <laughs> Like, I don't want to give them away, yeah, yeah. but like I said, at the end of the film, the world thinks that I want an option. You know what I'm saying? So these are, are people who have come to my party. They throw huge, you know, part lavish, you know, black-tie galas in the hills. And I became very popular for that. So these people have lived and experienced this roller coaster ride with me. Now they just didn't you know the story of how it all came to be, which they'll find out when they watch the film. But, you know, it, it's, it's been all
0: love. It is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, watch uh, now.blackprime.com, but it's just blk. Gatsby Randolph, you got to come to, t- when are you coming to Minneapolis-St. Paul, Gatsby?
4: Man, I would love to. I, I, you know, when, as soon as it gets warm, maybe this summertime. <laughs> <I> would, uh, <laughs>
3: Gatsby, as as you big baby. That's the right answer there. I would there. love to
4: come up. I love, I, I love, I love uh, you know, the Minneapolis sound. So, you know, I would love to come up. Uh, you know, great music, you know, um, beautiful people. So I would love to have me up. And, you know, i do like a foray and give you the four Gatsby experience.
0: I love it, man. I'd love to sit down and talk to you face to face sometime. You make a hell of a guess, Gatsby. I'm I'm really proud of you because you got a you got an idea, you followed through in the idea, and you made it come true. That's how successful people work, Gatsby.
4: Thank you, man. And when you see this film, this has never been done before. There's there's you know, I speak sort of mildly about it because I I'm in it and I've been living it, but there's never been a film. I'm I'm coining it as the most exclusive movie because there's never been a film with the list of names that you've all named in one film. There's also never been a
1: film right, right, where it was true.
4: actually shot at on Oscar night at Vanity Fair Oscar Party, which is yeah. maybe the most exclusive party in the world. There's never been a film yeah. shot in real time. Like in this movie, in our scene, if we were robbing a bank and the cops shoot somebody in, in in our movie, that person's look dead. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the movie has good editing, so you start to forget what you're seeing on screen is real. And that's what I want to drive home. It's like, you know, at any given point, this movie doesn't happen if a few things don't go right. If one of these right. pieces of the jigsaw puzzle is missing, we don't have a movie. And that's never been done before and captured on, on screen. So, you know, we really want to just be groundbreaking and making, uh, you know, cinema history, to be honest.
0: No doubt about it. The movie is called Who is Gatsby Randolph? It is available on February 23rd. And then Gatsby's going to come to town, and I'm going to take him around, and everybody tell him he's my he's my cousin. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. You get into- all right. Gatsby, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All
4: right, thank you, man. You guys have a great week.
0: You too. Gatsby Randolph, ladies and gentlemen. Again, watch now.blkprime.com. That kid's got some confidence. He does. He he was shook a little bit when I told him about what <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald did, though, because he did not know that. But it's good that he knows it now, don't you think? As true. I mean, it's a good thing to know that because, yeah, nobody dropped the N-bomb more than F. F. Scott Fitzgerald, man. Now, look, that was 100 years ago, so it was a different time. No question about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine having the, the – the guts to get up there in front of all these famous people and just start talking to them like you're one of them. <laughs> sit down with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, I mean, he pulled it off. Sidney Poitier takes him over to sit down with Oprah Winfrey. That's my friends. <laughs> hey, my buddy. Hey, my buddy's here. Nah, we're talking. Everything is good. So what do you guys think of that interview? You're younger people. What do you think of it? Well, you know my opinion on Hollywood. Hey, you know, you're not a big fan. That is true. How about Alex? Did you like it?
1: He seems like a very... Nice and exciting, person. Like he's he does wants to just. Well,
2: I think he did a good job. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. industry is not something I can, you know, speak with too. Yeah, that's
3: not your cup of tea at all. He no, it's not. Was interest. He was interested when he talked about documentaries being real. It's like, well, that's kind of the theory behind a documentary. But... Being real, yeah. Documenting <laughs> being real is nice, but well, well but how many aren't meat? though? That's the thing. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I watched that amazing Jonathan uh, this oh, weekend. Yeah, I saw and that. Four docu- the guy had four documentaries going all at the same time. <laughs> I know, all these different <laughs> crews coming and going. It's like, what the hell? What are you doing, man? Oh, and I want to do the deal where we'll videotape me smoking crack if you'll smoke crack. Uh, I don't I think know. I'd do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a good choice right there. Yeah, don't do that. That'd be a good thing. We shall take a break, be back in just about five minutes for the hour two. And, of course, at the end of our two, Kostaki Economopolis will join us. It's all up next with the family.